Pastor Xavier Reese and the hope to come. Zacharias. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord Yahweh, a host in Jerusalem. Amos, on that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles which are called by my name, says the Lord Yahweh. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We have fought hard for our democracy. Others are ruled by dictatorship, and each claim theirs is the better government. Well, today, as he explores the prophecies laid out for us in the book of Ezekiel, Pastor Xavier unveils a form of government that is best of all. That's from today's study, Ezekiel's Millennial Government. Let's listen. So what I want to do as we continue our study in the millennium, because everything is so fresh with this end time study with Ezekiel, is look to the scriptures regarding the form of government that will exist during the millennial kingdom. First of all, we'll look at the rulers in the millennial kingdom. Then secondly, we're going to look at the subjects in the millennial kingdom. And then we'll finish up with the center of the millennial kingdom. The government will be a theocracy, first of all. The original government in the Garden of Eden was theocracy. The first Adam was given all this, the garden, given what to eat, what not to eat, and what happened. He brought sin and death. The promise of redemption came through the seed of the woman, the first prophecy of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, Genesis 3.15, the one who would come to redeem. Jesus, that last Adam, made it possible to restore the kingdom as he came. He will sit as king of kings and lord of lords, during the millennial kingdom. Psalm 2.6 says, Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. In fact, Psalm 2 gives you a preview of chapter 19 of Revelation. As God is returning and we with him, and he says, Why do the heathen rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? And then he says, I will have them in derision. I will laugh at them as he destroys them. Isaiah 16.5 says, In mercy the throne will be established, and one will sit on it in truth, in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. He will rule absolutely. He will be on the throne. Now, the subjects of the millennium. The return of Jesus will exclude all the guilty sinners before the setting up of the kingdom age. His armies that return with him are the angels and us. But he destroys them himself with a two-edged sword, Revelation 19. The armies gathered there, the battle of Armageddon, are there to try to stop him, Revelation 19, 17 through 19. He destroys them. It will exclude all those who have accepted the mark of the beast, all those who have fallen under deception. The Antichrist, the false prophet, will be cast in the lake of fire, Revelation 19, 20. The separation of individuals at the Lord's return will be for their hypocrisy and complacency. It's taught in the parable of the five foolish virgins in Matthew 24. I know that the parable of virgins, foolish virgins, is taught for the rapture, but it's out of context. It's wrong in principle, but that's not what it's teaching. Matthew 24 and 25 is Jewish ground. The prophecy of Daniel verifies it. Daniel 7.22, listen. Until the ancient of days came, 
And a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Daniel 7.27 says, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. It's throughout the scriptures. We're not talking about one or two verses. We're talking about from Genesis to Revelation, ladies and gentlemen. The people of the nation of Israel are the primary subjects. It is very, very clear. Isaiah 43, 5 and 6 says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather them from the west, will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. We've already seen how God has done that in part, bringing the people to the land. The land and the people go together always, but they need to be born again. Listen, the tribulation and great tribulation is to prepare Israel for her Messiah. The kingdom is for Israel to fulfill all the prophecies of the Old Testament. Do not believe in replacement theology that we are Israel. That's absolutely wrong. Zephaniah 3.20 says, At that time I will bring you back, even at the time I gather you. For I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I return your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord Yahweh. Jesus speaking Matthew 24, 30 and 31 says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. The elect there are Jews, not the church. The context is Israel, ladies and gentlemen. You must distinguish the elect in the context. Is the elect Israel? Is the elect the church? Who are they? You must distinguish it. We've seen Ezekiel 36, as he's told us about the restoration of the nation, as he prophesied to the mountains of Israel, blessing them as he cursed them in earlier chapters. I have raised my hand and an oath, and surely the nations that are around you shall bear their own shame. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth as branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come, for indeed I am for you. And I will turn to you, and you shall be tilled and sown. I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, all of it, and the city shall be inhabited in its ruins. Ezekiel 36, 7 through 10. In the same chapter, 35 and 36 verses, it says that it will be transformed. So they will say, this land that was desolate before became a garden of Eden. And the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord Yahweh, have rebuilt the ruins, places, and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord Yahweh, have spoken, and I will do it. All the nations, that's not going to happen during the tribulation, the seven years, the Antichrist rule. It will happen at the end of the tribulation when he destroys all the nations and it enters into the kingdom. That's the only time when all the nations will acknowledge that. Today they don't. Context. We've seen Ezekiel 37, the vision of dry bones. 
as God asked the prophet, can these bones live again? And he goes, you know, Lord. And he sees them coming together. And God has brought them back physically. But what's missing is the spirit of God. He's going to regenerate them and move them into the kingdom. In fact, that same chapter goes on to speak about the two sticks of Joseph and of Ephraim. And he makes them one under one king, no longer northern southern kingdom. Right now, they're not a divided nation, but they don't acknowledge God. Some of them don't know from where tribes they're from, but God does. <laughs> they have no temple. They have no sacrifice. The temple's going to be built in the millennial kingdom, a literal temple. And then in Ezekiel 38 and 39, you have that attack of Russia and her five confederate nations, Gog, Magog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal. They will attack. God identifies them very, very clearly. There can be no mistake. And as we've seen in our series of that last times, Russia's moving. She's got advisors in Lebanon right now, not under the UN, and she's posturing herself. And all those other nations are already in cahoot with her. God will fight for Israel, Ezekiel 38, 39 says, and he will destroy that invasion. The nation of Israel will experience a conversion to accept their Messiah and enter the kingdom age. Then will be brought to pass what Paul the Apostle says in Romans 11, 26 to 27. He says, blindness and part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles brought in. The fullness of the Gentiles, the full number of people to be saved in the church were removed. The tribulation begins. God is dealing with Israel. As he comes back in the battle of Armageddon, then he prepares them to move in. They will acknowledge their Messiah. Blindness will be removed. They will acknowledge their Messiah by his wounds. Zechariah 13, 6. Where did you receive these wounds? In the house of my friends. Then will be fulfilled the words that Jesus said in Matthew 23, 39. You shall not see me henceforth until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus wept over Jerusalem, gave her up. Titus came in in 70 AD, destroyed the city, destroyed the temple, took stone after stone apart, scraped all the gold, killed the Jews, dispersed them, sold them. They were not a nation for almost 2,000 years. May 14, 1948, she declared independence for the third time. There is no nation. There is no race. There is no religion. There is no people who have existed without a homeland for more than three to four generations before being absorbed or totally disappearing from the face of the earth. Jews, you find them from the poorest to the richest, from the common house to the house of the king. If you don't believe in God, you must explain to me, Israel. You must give me a logical reasoning for the Jew to even be alive today. There's only one explanation, God. Israel will be related to Yahweh in marriage then. Isaiah 54, 1 through 17, Hosea 14, 4, that woman who's been put away by divorce will be brought back to her husband. Israel will become God's witness during the millennial kingdom, as you know. Listen to Isaiah 62, 11 and 12. Indeed, the Lord Yahweh has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him, and they shall call them, them, the Jews, the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord Yahweh. And you shall be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. We're going to see that everybody has to go to Jerusalem. The pilgrimage will not be to Mecca, not to Medina, 
it will be to Jerusalem. The Gentile will also be subjects to Israel. Now, that may not thrill a lot of people today, but that's the facts, Jack. The Gentiles are going to serve Israel. Genesis 12, 1 through 3, you know the promise there. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It's through Abraham, through Israel. The participation of the Gentile in the millennial kingdom is clear. Let me give you some verses. Isaiah 19, 18 and 19. In that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan. Interesting. And swear by the Lord Yahweh of hosts. One will be called the city of destruction. In that day, there will be an altar of the Lord Yahweh in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar of the Lord Yahweh at its borders. When we went through Isaiah, we saw that. An incredible prophecy. Jeremiah 3.17. At that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord Yahweh. And all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord Yahweh, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. Jeremiah 49, 39. But it shall come to pass in the latter days I will bring back the captivity of Elam, says the Lord Yahweh. That's the same reference to Jerusalem. Amos 9, 12. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which the first church council quoted. First the bride, then the tabernacle of David. Which has fallen down and repair its damages, I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles which are called by my name, says the Lord Yahweh, who does this thing. So Amos 9.12 confirms that. The Gentiles will be Israel's servants during the kingdom age. Isaiah 14.1 and 2 says, for the Lord Yahweh will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. And the strangers will be joined with them and they will cling to the house of Jacob. Then people will take them and bring them to their place and the house of Israel will possess them for servants and maids in the land of Yahweh. They will take them captive whose captives they were and rule over their oppressors. Wow. Isaiah 49, 22 and 23 says, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh God, Behold, I will lift up my hand and an oath to the nations and set my standard for the people. They shall bring your sons in their arms and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you and your faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord Yahweh for they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. The Gentiles will be servants to Israel in the millennial kingdom. Isaiah 60, 14 says, Also the sons of those who afflicted you shall come bowing to you. And all those who despise you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet. And they shall call you the city of the Lord Yahweh, Zion, the Holy One of Israel. All those who despise you, all the Arab countries that despise the Jew, all Muslims, all good moral pagans, all Americans will bow down to the Jew. Now that, that makes people mad. But that's tough. That's just the way it is. Isaiah 61, 14, strangers shall stand 
and feed your flocks, and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vineyards, vine dressers. Zechariah 8, 22 and 23. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord Yahweh, a host in Jerusalem, and to pray before the Lord Yahweh. Thus say the Lord Yahweh of hosts, captain of the armies of heaven. In those days, ten men from every language of the nation shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Wow. The remnant of Israel will be and is the true Israel. Israel will be served by the Gentiles as God has promised. Isaiah eleven nine says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord Yahweh as the waters covers the sea. You know, when you look at the ocean from satellite look, you can see the land. And though the, the seas are big, it doesn't freak you out that much. But have you ever been out in the ocean where you can't see no land either way? It is vast. The whole earth will be covered with the knowledge of the Lord. The Bible is clear about the subjects in the millennium. Very, very clear. Now, third and last, the center of the millennium. The city of Jerusalem will be the central city. Over and over and over again, it is stated through the scriptures. Jerusalem will be the center in the millennial earth. We've already mentioned Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. And there's Jeremiah 31, 6, and many, many others. It is the city over and over and over again. Jerusalem will be the center of the kingdom rule. There's scriptures that are just so abundant. Jeremiah 3, 17, chapter 30, 16 and 17, Joel 3, 17, Zechariah 8, 2 through 3, and many, many others. Jerusalem will be the glorious city to bring honor to Yahweh. It is Jerusalem, Isaiah 52, 1 through 12, Jeremiah 30, verse 18, uh, Zechariah 2, 1 through 3, and many, many others. Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be protected by the king, Isaiah 14, 32. And again, many, many others. Protect it. I can guarantee you that Jerusalem will be here when Jesus returns. I can guarantee you Israel will be here when Jesus returns. But I can't guarantee anybody else. <laughs> because under the Antichrist, the last three and a half years are going to be so horrible that Jesus says it's better that you die than live. You don't want to be left. Trust me, you don't want to be left. Jerusalem will be greatly enlarged over her former area. Jeremiah 31, 38 through 40. Ezekiel 48 tells us about the disbursement of the land. Zechariah 14, 10 speaks about Jesus returning, setting his foot on the Mount of Olives, cleaving in two. Big earthquake. The topography of Jerusalem will be changed. The temple mount, the temple we're studying from chapter 40 to 48 of Ezekiel will not fit there right now. But it will when Jesus comes back. <laughs> He's going to do a little remodeling. Jerusalem will be accessible to all who seek the king. Isaiah 35, 8 through 9. Everybody can come to Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be the center of worship, as we've seen already in our study of the worship of the millennium. Uh, many passages in Ezekiel. 
And Jerusalem will endure forever, forever. The new Jerusalem comes down, even in the eternal state of God. And so the land of Israel will be the central nation. Not only will Jerusalem will be the central nation, but Israel will be the central nation. The land becomes the inheritance of Israel. This is clear, Ezekiel 36, 8, verse 12, chapter 47, about halfway down, all the way to 48, the land's dispersed to the 12 tribes. Hosea 3, 6 says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice, sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. How interesting. They have no temple. They have no priest. They have no sacrifice. But they will. Isaiah 2, 2. Now, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord Yahweh's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Once again, the prophecy of Jesus is fulfilled at that time. As he wept over Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you. How often I wanted to gather you as children together as a hen gathers her chicks on her wings, but you would not, you were not willing. See, your house has left you desolate, and I say to you that you should not see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew 23, 37 through 39. I've already given you this. I'm repeating it for emphasis. If he came the first time, what would make you think he's not coming the second time? The book of Revelation is the final book, as you know. Let me leave you with the words of Jesus. And listen how many times he says the same thing from different perspectives. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Amen. So amen. Revelation 3.11, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown, Stephanus, for reward. Revelation 16, 15, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garment, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Revelation 22, 7, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book, the book of Revelation. You need to understand, and you need to know it. It's the easiest book in the Bible to understand because God has given us a timetable, the table of contents in chapter 1. He knew we'd mess it up, so he gave us the table of contents in chapter 1. It's the easiest one to understand. There's something we don't know and understand clearly, but we do understand the events and the timeline and what's going to happen. And it's divided for us. In Revelation 22, 12, he says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his works. 22, 20. He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so come. Lord Jesus. Do you think he's coming quickly? I mean, suddenly? Every eye will see him. That's the second coming. That's not the rapture. When he returns, and we with him, every eye will see him. And so here you have what the scriptures declare about the form of government that will exist during the millennial kingdom. The Bible is clear about the rulers in the millennium. The Bible is clear about the subjects of the millennium. And the Bible is clear about Jerusalem being the center of the millennium. We have to be educated. 
in the scriptures so that we align ourselves with God and that we're not deceived being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That's the simple gospel. Pastor Xavier Reese and being strong in the word. And today's study, Ezekiel's Millennial Government, is available on CD for only $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is Ezekiel's Millennial Government, or simply mention today's date. Please address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800 926 1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. When the ultimate battle is over, who will come out on top? That's our discussion on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 